When it comes to football recruiting, size matters. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, fight on everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching me on YouTube or wherever you'd like to download your podcast, we are free and I appreciate your support. So if you are watching on YouTube, do me a favor. There's a subscribe button. It's real easy. Hit it, click it. And if you like the episode, don't forget to hit that thumbs up. And there's also that notifications bell. That way you'll never miss any of our five episodes because we come at you five times a week. All right. So when it comes to playing football, size matters. I mean, we're told to follow the science, right? Okay, so kids, first of all, don't try this at home. I'm, but I'm telling you, it's harder to stop a bus that's going 60 miles an hour than if you see a bicycle traveling at the same rate of speed. Don't step in front of either one. But I got news for you. You'll, you'll have a better chance of surviving if, the, if you step in front of a bicycle going 60 miles an hour. Big and fast players are always going to be the more coveted uh, when it comes to picking teams. That's just the nature of the beast. Um, and I'm not talking about specific players right now, although in a roundabout way, I am because the cream kind of always rises to the top wherever you play. Um, but but does the size of the school and its reputation make a difference uh, with recruiting rankings? You know, we see a lot of top programs that produce a lot of top players who, you know, sometimes they uh, they hit their ceiling in high school. They don't necessarily go on to college and have better careers. Um, and, a, you know, a, that's that's more of a rhetorical question because, a, of course, um, it matters because the, the competition level at the, at the larger schools is going to give the evaluators a better sense of who can handle stepping up another, uh, the, the next step of competition, the next level when you go from high school to college. So I think it's understood that when a school like USC or Alabama makes an offer, uh, that kid is going to get a, a bump in the in the perception rankings. And then, of course, uh, you know those for those who uh, love the star rankings, uh, those typically follow shortly thereafter. There's a process where the kids get re-ranked throughout the uh, throughout their junior and senior seasons. And once the uh, the recruiting services see the, the 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 programs are offering, that goes into into the evaluations, obviously. But does playing for certain schools have you know, I guess a certain I guess smaller schools have a similar effect? Um, does a recruit from St. John Bosco or Modern Day uh, receive more benefit of the doubt than say a recruit from 
And these are large schools that I'm talking about now up in Northern California, like Grant or Santa Clara. Um, I mean, what separates a high three-star from a four-star and the four-star from a five-star? Um, and then you take into consideration where are these guys, where are these kids playing, you know, their football? Are they in Southern California, the Central Valley, Northern California? Um, if you were to do one of those, so we're in March Madness right now. You know how they, uh, when they're putting up the the comparisons, those, those blind, um, where they just list off resumes. If you were to do the same thing, just using size and weight and those intangibles when you're comparing um, high school football recruits, and then you do a reveal, um, other than, you know, one player playing for a more prestigious program, uh, do the SoCal players, do the Southern California players get a higher percentage of the benefit of the doubt over the Northern California players? Um, and is that based on the percentage of, you know, well, not the percentage, but is that based on the level of the competition? You know, USC brought in five offensive lineman uh, pieces with their 2023 class. The highest rated of those five was Elijah Page. And he's from Arizona. Uh, the other four are not even from Southern California. Well, one is. And he's probably considered the lowest rated of the group. The, the next highest rated after Elijah Page is Micah Buenmeros. And he's from uh, the state of Washington. He's a, a high three-star. Um, he's coming into play center. The next two on that list are consensus three stars as well. I'm using the on three network. Alani Noah, he's six foot four. He's 320 pounds. He's an interior offensive lineman. He's from Grant Union High School in Sacramento. Uh, down the street, sort of, Amos Talalele uh, plays in Santa Clara. He's listed at six foot five, 330 pounds, interior offensive lineman. Now, if you put those guys at Bosco or Modern Day or any of the more, you know, I guess, prestigious programs in Southern California, what would their star ranking be? I'm just throwing it out there for you. For those out there who like to use the star rankings. And then, you know, the guy from Southern California, who's probably the least heralded of the class, he's an offensive tackle. He's from Ventura, Tobias Raymond. Um, when you look at him, I mean, he's got the frame to, you know, to be an offensive tackle. He looks all six foot five, what, 260. Um, but again, would would any of these guys, and let's just use the guys from Northern California, would they be rated any higher if they played for like, let's say a, a De La Salle in Concord or a Folsom in Sacramento or a Sarah in San Mateo? Those are the... Uh, those are considered the, the big time programs up in Northern California. When you look at the final, and maybe this is a, you know, a stretch, but I'm trying to draw a comparison here. When you look at the final California high school rankings, uh, and I'm using max preps, uh, it's dominated. When you look at the, the final 25, top 25 at the end of last year, um, most of the schools are from Southern California. St. John Bosco was number one. 
you had modern day number two, uh, Lincoln in, in San Diego, uh, number three, Mission Viejo, number four, Centennial Corona, five, Los Alamitos, number six. There you go. Sarah, San Mateo, number seven. I'm just going to shoot through this really quickly now. Liberty and Bakersfield, eight. Sierra Canyon, number nine. Uh, Folsom, number 10. Jay Sarah in San Juan Capistrano. Okay, they were number 11, and they finished the season six and six. Um, number 12, Olu, Orange Lutheran. They finished the season seven and five. Number 13, Carlsbad. It's a San Diego school. Number 14, Inglewood. Okay. Number 15, Long Beach Poly, 10 and one. By the way, Inglewood, 13 and one. Number 16, Bishop Amat. Nine and four, 17, De La Salle, 10 and four. Number 18, Edison and Huntington Beach. They were nine and two. Uh, let, let me jump down here to uh, number 21, Sarah Gardena, seven and five. Number 22, Rancho Santa Margarita, five and five. You know, the next school from Northern California, I guess, would be Buchanan in Clovis. And that's Central California. That's Fresno. So, Olu at 7-5, and five, you're telling me they're better than a 10-4 and four De La Salle team? Look, I know the Trinity League is tough. But come on. Let's... We got to... How much credit are we giving Southern California over their brothers in Northern California. I saw plenty of Gardena Sarah last year to know that they're not a top 25 team. Not in California. There's plenty of programs that are better than them currently. I'm not trying to knock Sarah because a lot of top talent still comes through that program. We're going to talk about them soon. Um, but, and like I said, you know, they, they still have a reputation and they're still putting a lot of players in the D1 programs, um, or at least they're developing them to transfer to schools like Bosco. If you remember from an episode last week, we talked about this. So, <clears throat> excuse me, when the previous coaching staff at USC recruited similar types of offensive lineman classes with regards to their star rankings, the uh, the proverbial manure hit the fan with USC fans. But, you know, this was Lincoln Riley and Josh Henson's uh, first full recruiting class. Well, first full recruiting season to put together a class. And they're going to receive a little bit more benefit of the doubt than Clay Helton and his list of offensive line coaches. Uh, but let's remember, USC is still putting offensive line guys into the NFL at a better clip then their competition, and I'm including Oregon in that group. If you want to make the argument against, go for it. You know where to find me here on YouTube or at my Twitter at Mark Culkin. Let me know. But, you know, the last time USC got the number one, or at least the last time USC got a commitment from the number one offensive lineman recruit in Southern California, that was back in 2018 with Justin Dietrich. So can Lincoln Riley and Josh Henson break that cycle? I'm going to give you an update 
in our plus more recruiting information uh, coming up in our next segment. But first, how about a word from Built Bar? The Built March Madness bracket is here. We now <laughs> we know you have a favorite bar, Puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorite. You know I'll be voting for the uh, cookies and cream. And that was my first choice, but USC got knocked out. So my second choice, we're we're riding double chocolate bar puff all the way. If you want USC to win, then you'll be supporting that bar to support your team, support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will win. will get a free box of built. Not only that, but there's going to be one locked on fan that's going to win a 12 month subscription to built and built's going to have your best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your front door. That's pretty cool. So you got to try built built the best protein bar ever. Seriously. They're really amazing. They're good for you. You're not even going to know that you're not even going to think they're good for you while you're eating them. And what makes built bars and their puffs so good well, for starters they're all high in protein. They're low in sugar. And you know me, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That makes them good. So run to builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. Okay. So... Over the weekend, the uh, class of 2024, the number one offensive tackle in the country, according to On3. Now, you say, well, Mark, why do you use On3's no, Why do you use the On3 network as your, uh, as your recruiting evaluating service? Well, for one, I write for WeRSC.com, who is part of the On3 network, and I highly value uh, WeRSC.com, Scott Schrader, and Eric McKinney's opinion when it comes to recruiting, especially when it comes to local recruits. And they're not too bad when it comes national as well. You should check them out. Now, I mentioned the number one offensive tackle in the country was on USC's campus uh, over the weekend. His name's Brandon Baker. He plays for Modern Day. And uh, he, he's been a He's been a USC target long before Lincoln Riley and Josh Henson got to USC. USC's been following him since his freshman season. And during this past year, um, you know, since Lincoln Riley and Josh Henson, they're making a really strong pitch to make sure Brandon knows he's their number one target. Well, Brandon's been on campus and on USC's campus well over. 10 times uh, unofficially um, since uh, Riley took over the program. And he was there again this past Friday. If you want to get the full story, as I mentioned, I write for WeRSC.com. Head on over there when you're done making Locked on USC your first listen, uh, because you're going to get a lot of recruiting nuggets from the aforementioned Scott Schrader and Eric McKinney, who spoke to a lot of the prospects uh, who took unofficials over the weekend. Now, as far as Brandon Baker is concerned, he said he believes 
the reason he believes he's USC's number one target at offensive tackle um, because he's getting that impression from the coaching staff who's been pretty direct telling him, you're our number one target. They're using no uncertain terms. Um, there's no ambiguity whatsoever. Brandon understands he is loved and he wants the USC coaching staff wants him bad, desperately. Um, now, when Brandon says USC is being very forthcoming and they want him and they want to prove to him that he's their number one target, um, I'm not sure what that means in today's recruiting world, considering NIL is out there. Uh, but I do know other programs uh, that USC is competing against uh, for his services. Um, they know how to use NIL differently. So I guess we're going to find out if USC is willing to bend and be more flexible with their usage when it comes to the high school recruits, specifically uh, high-impact targets that would play specific positions. Now, at this point in the recruiting process, uh, Brandon, he basically said he's just he's looking to build relationships with as many people uh, at each program that's recruiting him as possible. Uh, I will tell you one of the quotes that he got, that he gave. Um, he said, I'm looking forward to building relationships with people in the building. That's something that I find really important. And something else you should probably know that uh, Baker, he's taking a lot of unofficial visits uh, before he makes a decision and before he takes his official visits, including this uh, weekend, he said he's taking a visit to Columbus, Ohio. And this is going on during spring break. And then he's going to head on over to Arkansas. Mm. Excuse me. Had to get a sip of water there. Now, uh, Brandon Baker wasn't the, uh, the only top target on USC's campus over the weekend. The other side of the ball, Four-star edge defender. His name is Jalen Harvey. Now, he's not a local recruit. Uh, but if you don't know, if you haven't figured it out by now, this staff, they love recruiting that DMV area, that D.C., Metro, Virginia, that whole region in there. You know about Caleb Williams. That's his uh, stomping grounds. But... Just a reminder, USC has a number of players uh, from that area uh, who played high school there. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd just recently transferred to USC from South Carolina. Shane Lee played his high school ball there be, um, before he stopped off in Alabama on his way to USC. Bryson Shaw stopped off at Ohio State on his way to USC. He's also from that uh, that DMV football mecca. Um, and then, as you know, USC brought in, in within their 2023 class, Sam Green, and then another uh, defensive lineman, Elijah Hughes, uh, again, from Virginia. Well, Lincoln Riley and the uh, uh, Russian coach, Roy Manning, they're going to keep uh, their presence very well known in that area. So, uh, again, Jay, uh, with Jalen Harvey, um, 
Let me ask you this. He was on campus. Now, they're making him a priority. Does it matter that he's only a three-star? And that he's only considered the, what, 319th best player in the country? Or does that not really matter? Because, you know, not only is he a priority among USC, USC's coaching staff, uh, the other programs that are really interested in him, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Penn State. This is what I was talking about earlier. So he was out, uh, Harvey was out in California over the weekend for a uh, five-on-five event. This is where linemen get to uh, kind of bump into each other during the off-season. And uh, he's he actually said that distance isn't going to be a factor. Now, Penn State is his assumed leader right now. They're in his backyard. But Coach Manning and Harvey, they they talk, according to Harvey, they, they've been talking every day since he received his offer. And I can tell you this, this unofficial visit didn't hurt the relationship whatsoever. Moving on. Um, more recruiting news. How often do you hear players from Southern California say they prefer playing in a cold weather environment? Not often. <laughs> The uh, 2024 recruiting class is loaded in the secondary, and USC is after a handful of these guys, including uh, Dakota Fields. He plays at Sarah Gardena High School, same as Roderick Pleasant, who committed to Oregon not too long ago. We all remember signing day in February. Well, Oregon is one of those cold weather environments. Would you agree? much colder than LA that's for sure now with that said uh again Dakota was uh I believe he was on campus over the weekend and he did say that after the weekend after his visit uh that it quote after the weekend it helped me feel like I'm at home it definitely boosted my comfort level a lot USC moving to the Big Ten is not really a big deal, too. There's a lot more money involved, and they'll be playing against a lot better competition. Teams like Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, and in front of great fan bases. So common denominator with all those schools, cold weather environments. USC will be playing in a few of those at least two per season, I would say. <clears throat> so, again, if you want to get more in-depth recruiting information from this weekend, when you're done making this episode of Locked on USC, when you're done with it, because it'll be, we'll be done in 30 minutes or less, head on over to wrc.com, fill in the blanks, because uh, there's a lot of good recruiting um, updates from this weekend, again, seven on seven, five on five, and there'll be more throughout the week as well. So go check it out. There's a, there is a subscription special going on as well. So take advantage of it while it lasts. In the meantime, I'm going to talk to you about FanDuel. You want to know why? Well, 
March Madness, the tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time for you to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because as a new customer, you're going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. Super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point scores, who made the most three-pointers in the game. Plus, FanDuel, it even gets you, it allows you to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com forward slash locked on, excuse me, forward slash locked on. That's fanduel.com forward slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right. I'm sure you've heard by now that the Trojans, both men and women, they took an early exit from the NCAA tournament. They are not dancing any longer. That's why we're going to be talking about football a lot more. Anyways, um, for the second year in a row, Andy Enfield's Trojans lost in the first round. This year, they lost to Sparty, Michigan State, 72-62. And it, it was... This game, a lot like last year, it was there. USC could have won this game easily. Uh, the game was tied at halftime, 34. And believe it or not, Josh Morgan, he was the guy leading the team. And that's because Boogie Ellis was having a tough shooting night. But that's going to happen when you play against Tom Izzo in Michigan State. They're known for playing good defense. They're one of the top teams in the country defending the three-point line, and that's where Boogie excelled this year. <clears throat> so, Boogie was having a tough time shooting the ball. Uh, Drew Peterson's back became an issue after he had quick, uh, he scored five quick points. After that, he, he kind of disappeared. I shouldn't say he disappeared. He, he struggled. Again, Michigan State they know where USC has their bread buttered. If you can stop Boogie and Drew, you have essentially stopped USC's offense. But here's the thing. When Boogie started playing point guard like a point guard, in other words, he started to distribute the ball instead of trying to force his shots, the offense actually looked pretty good. And Josh Morgan was, you know, he would set the pick up high. They're pick and roll, playing a beautiful two-man game. But once uh, he picked, he would roll to the basket for the easy layup. Michigan State made some adjustments at halftime. Nevertheless, I'm not sure USC's adjustments uh, were able to keep up. So uh, I thought they did everything they needed to win the game defensively. They they held the best the best reporting team in the country, at least statistically, to five for fourteen for the game. And believe it or not, USC actually out rebounded a more out rebounded a more physical uh, Michigan State team. 
But again, the game's 40 minutes long. It's not 20 minutes. And when USC shots aren't falling, they struggle. And they can get they get rattled very easily. That, you saw that happen as the game went along in the second half. And so even though they lost by 10, it was, that happened at the free throw line. Um, again, Michigan State really never pulled away. It was more so that USC just, they couldn't get their, they couldn't make a basket when they had to. And in the tournament, when possessions matter, it gets highlighted in low scoring games. Again, they held Michigan State to 72 points. And a bunch of that came at the end when they were shooting free throws because USC had to foul them. The salt in the wound this year, as much as it hurts to lose, um, was having the Big uh, Big Ten Conference uh, beat writer, his name is Greg Doyle, point out how poorly USC rep- represented itself. They only brought three song girls and the basketball travel band. And I guess the fan base, look, I get it. It was a long trip to Columbus, Ohio. Understand. Not really jumping on the fans. But, again, uh, I've been highlighting this. Um, Big conference beat writers are starting to recognize the fact that USC doesn't really care about basketball. And that was the point. Um, So, USC, you've got a year before this becomes a regular occurrence. Getting to the NCAA tournament is has become a regular occurrence. Playing in front of big partisan crowds on the road, that's going to be common. And it's going to be, ha- it's going to be common in football too. So we need to step up. Now, again, real quick, the team could have won the game if they were healthy. Not just uh, with Drew Peterson. Uh, Vince Uwuchuku, he wasn't available. So that his his absence didn't help the team's offense, at least their game plan. Now, there are positives for you basketball fans. Vince will be back, um, and hopefully he'll be off the his minute limitations, and his back will be healthy. Kobe Johnson's defense will be back. Reese Dixon Waters and his offense. I don't know whether he'll be coming off the bench or not, but he's instant impact offense. And then hopefully a stronger Oziah Sellers will be shooting the ball. Remember, Andy Anfield said he's the best pure shooter he's recruited since next year will be his 11th year at USC. Could Johnny Wright, he showed a lot of uh, promise at the end of the year. And then don't forget, you've got the number one player in the country coming. You've got your true point guard, Isaiah Collier. Finally, a true point guard. And his teammate, Arrington Page. So just a couple of words of advice uh, to the basketball guys. Get in the weight room before you hit the big conference. You're, you need to prepare for a more physical style of basketball. Because what you saw against Michigan State, you're going to see a lot of that from every program in that conference. So there you go. Another episode in the books. Thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen today. Don't forget your second listen. Check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. You're going to get it from the experts, Isaac Shade, Andy Patton. They got everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, you're going to hear from big name experts, coaches, and players 
throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're done. You know what to do. I'll see you on the next episode of Locked on USC.